Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, uh, here. And let me tell you, recording this podcast a little bit later than I did yesterday, I learned my lesson uh, from that. I'll touch on that in just a second. Uh, For those that are just joining us for the first time today, or perhaps the second time, if you jumped on board the Emergency Drew Holiday podcast that we recorded late last night, second podcast of the day, Uh, We really thank you for jumping on board. You can hear me on this podcast daily, and you can also find me on Twitter at Kane Pittman and uh, my words at ESPN and also NBA.com. Yesterday, obviously a huge day for the franchise, uh, acquiring Drew Holiday. And as we hinted to in that emergency podcast, of course, naturally, after the podcast, the sign and trade for Bogdan Bogdanovich came through as well. So uh, we're going to talk about Bogdan today. So uh, for those that are longtime listeners of the podcast, you will know who Matt George is. He is the host of Locked On Kings. He is going to join me in just a second, and we're going to talk all things sign and trade with Bogdanovich. Of course, a little bit of Dante DiVincenzo and DJ Wilson moving the other way, but lots about Bogdanovich, including what Matt George thinks his fit is going to be with the Bucks. He's watched him closer than certainly I have, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners as well. And I can tell you, it's really fascinating to hear him talk about the potential role he's going to have with the Bucks. So uh, please do stick around for that conversation as we get going here. It's been quite remarkable to see the reaction to these moves from the Bucks, And I, I must admit, I, I do think some of the reaction from certainly fans on Twitter and perhaps uh, some media members has been one that's very defensive towards the Bucks. obviously picking up Drew Holiday and Bogdanovich because on the surface, it's very clear that they upgraded, player, uh, upgraded the roster with these moves. It, it's, it's simple. It, they really have by adding those two uh, potentially to the starting lineup. But there's so much talk about the picks. And the more I think about this as time has rolled on over the past 24 hours, the more I don't care about the picks. I'm staggered that so many people are saying that you can't give that away because what happens uh, down the road if Giannis doesn't sign? I'm sorry, if Giannis doesn't sign, it doesn't fucking matter. It just does not matter. This move was one that you had to make to ensure that he stayed with your franchise. The Milwaukee Bucks have been around for 50 years. They've had two MVPs in that time. And the other one was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I don't need to tell anyone listening to this podcast. That was 50 years ago. This is a generational period in the franchise for the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't care about the 2027 first round pick. Would you have loved to have got the deal done for a little less? Sure. That, that would have been fantastic. But I, I just don't care. You had to throw the chips in the table to improve this roster right now. Uh, Brian Windhorst has come out this afternoon and suggested 
that there is talks with Drew Holiday about an extension beyond next year, which again would quell some of those fears regarding Drew Holiday's player option for the season following the 2021 season. And also that Giannis and Bogdan Bogdanovich have been talking to each other and Bogdanovich wants to play with Giannis and potentially, and very critically, perhaps for a little bit uh, less money than he would have got uh, staying at the Sacramento Kings. So we're going to be able to go through this a hell of a lot over the next few days. And I, I do want to get to this conversation with Matt George. Before I do, just a little uh, cap summary, I guess, for the listeners here and, and everyone that has listened to this podcast for a long time knows Frank Madden. He is the cap guru. He is the cap expert on this podcast. But I've got a bunch of questions uh, from listeners and from some of my Twitter followers regarding the cap. So just to clear a few of these numbers up uh, for everyone right now. So uh, the the Bucks are now hard capped. And what I mean by that is at $138.9 million this season is the hard cap. And the Bucks uh, triggered that by executing a sign and trade. So you can trigger the hard cap by uh, a number of reasons, by using the uh, non-taxpayer mid-level exception, for example, the biannual exception. Another way you can do that is by acquiring a player in a sign and trade. So because the Bucks are going to acquire Bogdan Bogdanovich in a sign and trade, they are hard capped. And I've had a few uh, people tweet at me through the day. Um, understandably so. This stuff is very confusing. I've had a few people tweet me during the day and say, well, uh, the owners have just got to pay. They've just got to pay up, pay up, go into the tax. They can't do that. You cannot cross $138.9 million under any circumstances from now on. That's what's been triggered with this Bogdanovich deal. Now, that makes things a little bit complicated. Uh, some of the, the figures that have been thrown around uh, for the Bogdanovich contract are around 15 to $16 million. Based on those projections, the Bucks would have approximately $15.5, $15.6 million dollars to deal with remembering they only have seven players <laughs> seven players currently on the roster so uh, some quick math here veteran minimum deals uh, cost you about 1.6 million dollars on the salary cap so let's assume you go from seven to 12 roster spots you sign five veterans that's eight million dollars so that's eight out of your 15 and a half million dollars available and then your other two spots you would sign two second round picks. Now, this is also very important to note. Uh, Eric Name, our great friend, has reported that the Bucks are going to get pick 60 and pick 42 in uh, the deal with Drew Holiday. So get those picks from the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, there's some conjecture around pick 42 at this point. Either way, it's not really a big deal because the Bucks are going to get pick 60 and they are going to buy another second round pick. We know that because they need to because your second round picks only cost you $900,000 on the salary cap. So almost half of a veteran minimum deal. So it's very important when you're trying to calculate how the Bucks can stay under the hard cap and fill this roster. So if you do the math there quickly, that would be $8 million for veteran minimum deals that would be 1.8 million dollars for your two rookies your two second round draft picks and that leaves approximately 5.5 to 6 million dollars around that range left of the mle to use to sign another player uh, of course this is very important to note that these latest reports from brian windhorse suggesting that bogdanovich could take as low as 14 million dollars per season now that is extremely important because if he only takes $14 million, then all of a sudden that $5.5 to $6 million can get up to as high as 
7.5 to $8 million. And there's a, another couple of ways that you could potentially save a little bit of money there. For example, if you took four vet minimum players and you bought a third second round pick and then you saved almost $700,000 there. So there are some avenues for the Bucks to extend that MLE uh, cash money into uh, a little bit more lucrative deal to try and acquire someone else. But I will caution the listeners that I think that the figure is going to be too low uh, to acquire Joe Harris, or it sounds like Atlanta is going to throw a big deal at Joe Harris. And certainly I think it's going to be too low for Gallinari as well. So uh, players can start to sign those free agent deals on... What, what month are we in here? November 22nd is the date that uh, free agents can start to sign those deals. So uh, it'll be a couple of days here and we're going to go through certainly uh, some of those names that will stand out for the Bucks. I personally think Wes Matthews is priority number one. The Bucks have to get him back. If you have to pay a little bit more, potentially some of that MLE, I'm probably down to do it. I think he's a really important player to watch. And if you continue listening, Matt George will fill you in why it could be important for the Bucks to keep Wesley Matthews in regards to Bogdan Bogdanovich's deal there. So <laughs> a crazy 24 hours. I cannot believe it. Uh, we said last night, we feel like this is a really positive move for the Bucks trying to sign Giannis to that extension this offseason. And as I said, you can try and pick the deals apart if you want. But the Bucks got better and they needed to do that for Giannis. And if you sign Giannis to the extension, nothing else matters. And if Giannis still leaves after this, then I think you have to be satisfied that the franchise did whatever they could to get him back in this very, very critical offseason uh, ahead here. So, uh, look, people will, again, criticize this. People will try and suggest what they could have done differently. But I like it. I like it. The Bucks are a better team than they were a few days ago. And uh, it is important to note, again, the Bucks are going to have a few picks at the draft. So while we spent a lot of time uh, looking at the pick 24 and what the Bucks could potentially do now, they're going to get a chance to get a couple of second-round prospects. So if you're a Bucks fan, uh, make sure you tune into the draft because there's going to be some action. We didn't have a single pick last year in the draft. I was at the practice center. I was in Milwaukee. We sat there for hours on end. And nothing happened, not one single pick. So I am still very, very excited uh, for the draft here. Uh, again, if you are tuning into the podcast for the first or potentially second time, uh, we thank you for joining in. You can get me on Twitter, at Kane Pittman. And as everyone that's a regular listener of the show knows, if you send me a question on Twitter, at LockedOnBucks, you can get us as well, or LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. I will answer it, and I will read out your questions on the show here, that's that's what we love to do. You guys fuel, fuel the show. I'm going to jump straight into this chat with Matt George now, and that's going to see the show out today. So I will be back post-draft tomorrow. We'll be able to wrap up who the Bucks have selected. Maybe Marcus Howard for the, for the Marquette fans out there. You never know. Marcus Howard, we know he can shoot the lights out. I joked on Twitter that he might average 73 points per game for the Wisconsin Herd. Uh, in season 2021, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. But it's exciting. It's, uh, you can probably tell I'm excited. It's an exciting time uh, to have an interest in the Milwaukee Bucks, cover the Bucks, or be a fan of the franchise. So uh, sit back now and enjoy a conversation about Bogdan Bogdanovich with Matt George of Locked On Kings. 
But before I get to it, I just quickly have to let you guys know that the NBA draft is finally here and the Locked On Podcast Network will have live draft coverage this year on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch at Locked On Live. It will be the only place you can find Chad Ford, the GOAT of draft analysis on the night of the draft. Join Chad, Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks, and David Locke for the most in-depth coverage of the NBA draft featuring analysis from Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated. Follow Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch and get alerts as soon as they go live. And uh, while you're, you're watching the draft, you may as well grab a Built Bar. I think I needed one after doing the double podcast yesterday. We know Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. 18 amazing flavors they have. Six of those are brand new. So they relaunched Built Bar a couple of months ago here. And a couple of those new flavors include caramel brownie and cookies and cream. Uh, the 12 originals, uh, you can get your... Toffee almond, coconut, peanut butter brownie are in there. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Great for the health-conscious guy or girl. Lose, maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Uh, we've got a great deal for you guys as well. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for 20% off at builtbar.com. It's time for a little Locked On Kings, Locked On Bucks crossover here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George, host of the Locked On Kings podcast, and I am joined by Kane Pittman from Locked On Bucks. And the Kings and Bucks wheeling and dealing, making moves as they have agreed to a deal in principle, a sign and trade that would send Bogdan Bogdanovich and Justin James to Milwaukee. Uh, the Kings would get back Dante DiVincenzo, Ursan Ilyasova, and DJ Wilson. And I I have to imagine from a Milwaukee perspective, uh, there's a lot of celebration going on. Not only is this deal getting done, but also the addition of Drew Holiday a couple of minutes or maybe half an hour before uh, this deal was officially announced. Uh, I, I would love to get your perspective, Kane, on this from, from Milwaukee's perspective of really looks like they're checking two boxes. They're improving the team to hopefully win a championship this upcoming season and also showing Giannis they mean business when it comes to building a team around him to convince him to hopefully re-sign and stay in Milwaukee. Yeah, it was an incredible probably 90-minute period, I would say, if you're a Bucks fan because we discussed all these players. We discussed Drew Holiday. We obviously discussed uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, but I, I didn't expect that it was all going to go down uh, straight away and and the way that it did so clearly the first thought you have when you look at both of these deals but specifically the king's one to back up the drew holiday deal is that's uh, what you pointed to they are showing Giannis that listen we are throwing everything into improving this roster Giannis has been on the record to say i'll stay in milwaukee forever as long as you show me that you're willing to improve the team and make the moves necessary uh, to uh, provide a contender in Milwaukee, and they've done that with both of these players. We spoke uh, extensively on our show about the fact that the Bucks probably needed better shooting, and they also needed better playmaking and shot creation in the offense. I think they've done that absolutely by adding both Drew and Bogdan Bogdanovich. And you know, I thought once the trade was done with Drew Holiday, it might be difficult to organize a sign and trade with Sacramento. I know. Uh, me and yourself spoke about the possibility of this sign and trade a few weeks ago on another crossover episode. But with Bledsoe gone, with all those picks gone, 
it did become, uh, it did look like it was going to become a little bit difficult to make this happen. It's interesting because I don't think it's disputable that the Milwaukee Bucks have gotten the best player in this deal in Bogdan Bogdanovich, although I don't think it's leaps and bounds compared to the second best player who the Kings are getting in Dante DiVincenzo. And when you look at it from a sign and trade perspective, typically it's very difficult for the team who's signing and trading away the player to get equal value. That being said, this is a pretty good haul for Sacramento to receive. And before we get into what Sacramento is getting out of this deal specifically with Dante DiVincenzo, I wanted to just speak to maybe some of the Locked On Buck listeners who don't understand. Bogdan Bogdanovich is just a very solid, smart overall basketball player. Now, he's not elite in any one area, and defensively, he definitely has his issues, but you're going to learn very quickly how good of a teammate he is, how capable of a ball handler he is, and how well he can play off the ball. Offensively, he's got a very well-rounded game, uh, and on top of that, Bogdanovich has won at every level he's played in except for the NBA. Now, unfortunately for him, he got traded to the Sacramento Kings, so it's been difficult to win in Sacramento. But you go back to his days with Fenerbahce and all the success that he's had uh, overseas and in, in the European scene, adding him on a roster that not only is going to be in the playoffs but has championship expectations, I think everybody, the world, Sacramento, Milwaukee, we're all going to see bogey truly in his element for the first time when he is in a playoff scenario in the playoff picture with the bucks and that excites excites me overall just as a bogdan bogdanovich fan i think the big question for the bucks was how are they going to maximize their closing lineups in playoff games uh, that allows Giannis a little bit more space because we all talk about the wall and everyone says just put the wall up in front of Giannis and you can slow him down we've seen miami do that we've seen toronto do that to an extent a year earlier and I think the big problem that the Bucks have found is that they've just had to play offensive players that are extremely limited in the half court. And you're talking about guys like, and look, solid role players, but you're talking about guys like Wesley Matthews, Pat Connaughton, and these types of players that have had to play major minutes. And to be honest, the opposition defense just does not respect them in the half court. And it makes it really difficult for the other guys, whether it is Giannis, whether it's Chris. So I think in adding... Drew Holiday, the most important part with this combination is that you don't lose the defense of Eric Bledsoe, and you could potentially argue that you upgrade defensively, but he can create some stuff in the pick and roll. But Bogdanovich is so critical to this as a guy that, like you said, can play off ball, will demand respect from the opposition defense. So I guess the question I had for you, and you've seen him closer than anyone that's probably listening to Locked On Bucks. I've just been pouring through a lot of video over the last 12 hours and a lot of his big games and a lot of his 25-plus point games, 30-plus point games, the highlights are a lot of moving off the ball and, and shooting catch-and-shoot threes. And he was around 40% on catch-and-shoot last year from three. So how do you see the fit with Drew Holiday? And then how can he transition and run an offense as well? Is this something we should expect if you're a Bucks fan? Yeah, he's a great hybrid player, and the one thing that was never fully established for Bogey in Sacramento was what his role was. Was he supposed to be a scorer off the bench, or was he supposed to be a second ball handler and facilitator when De'Aaron Fox was out of the game? And then he was added to the starting lineup, and you thought, okay, he's going to be mainly an off-ball player. But then the Kings experimented with sets of Bogey bringing the ball up the floor and running Fox off-ball, which doesn't make a ton of sense. Bogey never was an established either catch-and-shoot player or distributor. 
he kind of played both. That's why you never saw him have typically a, a average of six plus assists, nor did you see him have an average of 18 plus points per game, even though I do believe in big minutes, he's capable of both of those. What's funny is I, I had a conversation with, uh, with uh, Jason Ross, the former host of the Locked on Kings podcast. He's a radio host and, and color commentator um, for the Sacramento Kings radio broadcast team. And we were talking about what the Bucks are getting in Bogdan Bogdanovich. And what you're going to see is he's going to have nights during the regular season, but especially during the playoffs, where he'll give you a really efficient 12 points and four assists in 28 minutes, whether it's as a starter or off the bench in a playoff game. And then the very next night, when Chris Middleton is struggling to shoot and maybe Giannis is facing that wall, he can show up and, and pour in 28 to 30 points in, in 25 minutes. He's a streaky shooter. He's a volume shooter. He's not afraid to have the ball in his hands in big moments. And he can do what is asked of him. And that's why I think it's such a good fit for a team with championship expectations. Um, so before we, obviously we're going to move on to uh, Dante DiVincenzo and, and DJ Wilson for your side. One last question I have on Bogdanovich. Uh, this is something we've discussed on Locked on Bucks, certainly over the last two weeks as we've considered this deal a possibility. Uh, Wesley Matthews, starter last year, took huge defensive assignments, whether it was James Harden, whether it was LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard. Wesley Matthews was the guy. So uh, we'll wait and see whether he returns to the Bucks. I think uh, most fans are certainly hoping he does. So if Wesley Matthews does return to Milwaukee, would you? Uh, how would you play this? Would you start Wesley Matthews and keep that defensive assignment? You know you've got Drew Holiday running the point there and potentially Bogdanovich slides into your closing lineup and give Bogdanovich the ball as a lead ball handler off the bench, remembering that the Bucks also traded George Hill yesterday as well? Or would you think that his best fit is in as a starter next to Drew Holiday? I think you hit the nail right on the head with exactly what I'd do with Bogey in that first scenario. I think yeah. he's probably at his best for a team like Milwaukee coming off the bench. Now, he's capable of being the starter, but what you mentioned there was really important, Bogey as a closer. Mm -hmm. And he can be a closer as a ball handler if maybe Drew Holiday's in foul trouble, or he can be a, uh, a closer as an off-ball floor spacer uh, to, to help you there. Wesley Matthews, if he returns, is a significantly better defensive option, in my opinion. Bogey struggles with lateral quickness, and if he were to, to try and guard a guy like James Harden or a, a top-notch shooting guard or small forward in a, in a playoff run, or, or in a, even an NBA Finals, uh, you would see him get exposed a little bit. That is the biggest efficiency with his game. That being said, it's not horrific. He's able to at least, for the most part, stay in front of his guy. He's just not going to lock anybody down. So I think Bogey is at his best coming in off the bench. But if you need him to start 25, 30 games a year, he's perfectly capable of that as well. All right, let's move on to... Dante DiVincenzo and DJ Wilson, but we'll start with Dante because I, I think for the most part, this is a player that Bucks fans would not have wanted to move on, but it became very clear when it, it what made up the trade for Drew Holiday if the signer trade was going to go down, uh, DiVincenzo simply had to be included. And if you're a Kings fan and if you're the Sacramento Kings, uh, he's the one player you're looking at on this roster, particularly given pick 24 on Wednesday night's draft is gone, DiVincenzo is the guy you want. So uh, I think the big question mark for him moving forward, he's incredibly disruptive defensively. I mean, this guy gets his hand in everything, deflections, uh, steals, he's all over the shop. He does take some risks defensively and he will 
uh, which I, I will say he was able to get away with on the Bucks when he was playing next to Bledsoe, Giannis, Brook Lopez, these types of players. So it'll be interesting to see how that translates to the Kings. But he became an absolute X factor for the Bucks, and it was really unfortunate that the season shut down at the time that it did because he was also coming into his own offensively. And this is where the potential is with Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, His finishing at the rim is erratic, but we started to see stretches where he was able to get to his spot and finish. So this is the problem with him. You'll see he'll be able to dribble drive. He'll be able to get into the restricted area. Sometimes appears a little bit rushed uh, finishing. But we saw uh, late in the season that that started to come along. So only 62% finishing at the rim, which is kind of mid-level for a guard. It's not going to jump out at you. But if you can get that up into the high 60s, uh, then you are really talking. And the three-point shot, uh, not afraid at all to take any shot. In any moment, in any big game, Dante will take the shot. uh, But a little bit streaky at this point. 27% from three as a rookie. uh, Came up to 34% this year, which is certainly promising because if he becomes a mid-30s three-point shooter, and adds the finishing at the rim combined with his defense, he's going to be a very, very good player for a long time. This move checks a lot of boxes for Sacramento. Monty McNair coming in with a new front office uh, in place, and one thing he talks about is maintaining cap flexibility, and they currently have two big contracts on the roster right now with Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes. No idea what he's going to try and do with them, uh, and he maybe didn't want to run the risk of being forced to match a 17 to $20 million offer sheet uh, for Bogdan Bogdanovich. So he makes this move, and not only does that make sense, He also brings back a young player, a 23-year-old that could theoretically fit into the timetable window with what the Kings want to do with De'Aaron Fox, who is also going to have a max contract extension coming. We have no idea what that timetable looks like in terms of how many years Monty wants to focus on rebuilding before he expects this team to be a contender. But DiVincenzo seems like, for the most part, makes sense. It's been a long time since the Kings have had a guard perimeter defender to the potential capabilities of Dante DiVincenzo. So I wanted to ask you about that first and foremost. How would you describe DiVincenzo's defense on a nightly basis? Because you see players maybe get more physically active and and want to work harder on the defensive end of the floor in the playoffs because it's obviously the playoffs. But what about DiVincenzo's work ethic on the defensive end of the floor for a team like Sacramento who doesn't have postseason expectations right away, who's going to fight to win 30 games? Yeah, that'll be really interesting because when you think about DiVincenzo, role has never been a problem for him. He came off the bench at Villanova as well, so it's not like he has ever expected to start. In fact, when he started a few games this year for the Bucs, I think he was saying that it's the first time he had started any games in, in 10 years or something like that. So role should not be a problem for him. But having said that, he's always been on winners. So this will be a question mark. How will he go in the middle of the season if he's playing on a Kings team? that don't look like they're going to be in the playoffs or aren't winning a lot of games. I'm not 100% sure what the motivation is going to be for him in that spot. But certainly for the Bucs, he was the one guy, even as a rookie, and he ended up uh, missing most of his rookie season with some heel bursitis issues, and he just couldn't get back into the team. He only played 26 games. But even as a rookie, he was a guy that Mike Budenholzer would plug into the game 
And if the Bucks were flat, if they were not at their best defensively, if they're a little bit sluggish, DiVincenzo would change the whole energy of the building at Fireset Forum and the team as well. So he's not necessarily an on-ball defender. He's not going to lock down anyone one-on-one at this stage. That's not to say that he can't get to that, but he is the ultimate team defender, where, as I said, he will jump passing lanes. He will get his hands uh, on deflections and create transition opportunities and run the floor and score down the other end. So he's more of an energy defender. He really sparks the team. Now, again, if you're playing next to Giannis and Chris Milton and Eric Bledsoe and these players, it can be easier to do that. So that will be a question for sure. I guess I hadn't thought about that, uh, how he will go on a team that is projected to probably not make the playoffs. Um, but certainly, uh, he is a guy that on every single night that we saw him play, he brought it defensively, no doubt. I'm not... I have to be careful here because I, I don't want to compare De'Aaron Fox to Giannis Antetokounmpo because they're mm. two very different players <laughs> and Fox would love to get to Giannis's level and, and maybe he could get close uh, in his career. Kings fans certainly hope so. But in terms of playing style and DiVincenzo's fit next to the team's star, their similarities, less perimeter, more... Attacking the basket focused. Uh, Fox likes to run and play and transition. The Bucks are certainly capable and, and we're certainly capable of doing that over the last couple of years. So I just want to ask you, based off your understanding of the Kings and based off your understanding of De'Aaron Fox, how do you think Dante DiVincenzo plugs and fits in with a, a star like De'Aaron? Do you think it's pretty similar to the role and system that he had to run and execute in Milwaukee? I think so because there was certainly some uh, section of uh, Bucks fans that thought that DiVincenzo could be almost a, a backup point guard and he could play that role. I, I'm still very skeptical of that. I don't think that his ball handling is strong enough for him to be a point guard. Certainly, you can give him the ball in some situations. If it's the second unit and you want him to have the ball in his hands, he can do it. But we haven't seen enough to suggest that he projects as a, as a lead ball handler moving forward in his career. So certainly better suited to playing that second guard position for mine and a guy like De'Aaron Fox that will push the pace and that is willing to create and find someone like Dante who will always be in the right position on the perimeter. I, I think it's a good fit for sure. I, I think that when uh, it depends what you guys now do with Buddy Heald and, and there's, mm-hmm. there's a bit to work out with the Kings, but whether it's off the bench uh, or you know, potentially even starting next to De'Aaron Fox, uh, we'll see. But I, I do like the fit and I do like DiVincenzo next to a guy that is going to be playing at breakneck speed at all times, which Giannis did, and certainly Fox does as well. I don't really have a question about Ursan Ilyasova. Been in the league for a while. <laughs> you know what he can do, he can provide, and the Kings have a somewhat similar player in Nemanja Bialica, and both of their uh, futures with the Kings are still a little bit up in the air. But I do have questions about DJ Wilson, who is a, a Sacramento native, uh, coming back to play with the Sacramento Kings. What does he bring? Should fans, Kings fans be paying more attention to his acquisition and him coming to Sacramento? Or do you think he's more of just kind of a sprinkle in this deal to, to make things work? Or, or should fans be paying more attention to DJ Wilson? I think fans should be intrigued. Uh, I wouldn't be over the top uh, optimistic or excited about a huge potential here, but it's very intriguing. I, I can see this guy being an NBA player for a long time as well. Again, defensively is where you're going to see the best of DJ Wilson. In many respects, it's really unfortunate for the Bucks, because Milwaukee fans have been saying, get DJ Wilson in there, play him at the four, let Giannis play at the five. So DJ Wilson is a guy that can defend multiple positions. There was one 
viral clip that Bucks fans will always look at. It was at a game against Miami in the 2018-19 season. DJ Wilson came into the lineup and he, on one possession, he switched basically between four guys and he was all over the place. And he shut down about four different players on the one defensive possession. And that's what he can do. He's very versatile. He's one of, I don't know how to describe this. I've always said this about DJ Wilson. He, he looks very, very unathletic, but he's the most athletic, unathletic guy I've ever seen. He can jump, he can throw it down. And as I said, defensively, he can really move side to side uh, pretty well. So I think if you are Sacramento, he's a guy that you want to give a lot of minutes because he hasn't been able to get that in Milwaukee. And I think there's a lot of stuff that's potentially untapped in there. And Milwaukee just essentially went with another guy that you got, Ersan Uyusova. Uh, they picked up Marvin Williams. They traded for Nikola Mirotic the year before. So unfortunately, the minutes just haven't been there for DJ Wilson. But in the 2018-19 season, played 48 games, started three. And he actually averaged 18 minutes per game in that really, really strong Bucks team. And most of the time, he was a garbage guy. He'll throw up the threes. He's not afraid at all to shoot the three. He's got a very flat shot. I'm not sure that projects to be a shot that's going to get above average throughout his NBA career, but uh, he is he's very intriguing. I, I Again, if the Bucs were in a different situation, uh, he would be a guy that you would want to keep around if possible. Uh, same with D- Dante DiVincenzo. These are really the only two young prospects that they have on the roster. So I'm higher on Dante than I am DJ. And I'm more intrigued about what Wilson can become. But I would love, if I'm, if I'm a Kings fan, to get this guy some minutes because you just don't really know. Well, Ken, i got to be honest with you. I'm sad, very sad to see Bogdan Bogdanovich go, but I'm excited to see what he can do with Milwaukee. I'm happy at least he's going east so he can't hurt us too bad uh, in the <laughs> Western Conference. But I, I promise you and Buck fans, you got an awesome player who I think will be a difference maker uh, in a championship run. Uh, and also Justin James, too, I have to mention. I'm not just going to gloss over that. Justin James, a hardworking rookie in his playing time last year, showed a lot of athleticism, showed good balance, a great work ethic. Also, you're not going to find a better just overall cheerleader and bench guy than Justin James. He's always the first one off the bench for everything celebrating. He's just a good young kid. Uh, he's He's got a voice not afraid to speak openly in practice, not afraid to challenge himself and challenge others. He's just an overall good young man. Uh, and I don't know what his future is in Milwaukee, but he's also not something for, for Bucks fans to just gloss over or roll their eyes at. If he gets some playing time, he'll show you some of that bounce and, and fun that he provides. Uh, but overall, I'm excited to see what Dante DiVincenzo can do in Sacramento, DJ Wilson as well. Kings are going in a very different direction than what the Milwaukee Bucks are doing right now. But I think for what both teams wanted, this is a win for both sides. And I'm very excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think we discussed this. We said this was a possibility. We wondered what the pieces would be. Uh, again, I think if you're a Kings fan, to pick up a couple of young pieces with certainly a lot of growth in Wilson and DiVincenzo, you'll be happy with that for where uh, you guys are at. And, and the Bucks, it's all about Giannis. It's all about Giannis. So we'll wait and see now. Certainly speculation starting to rise that uh, this is a positive thing for what could come in the next few weeks here. And ultimately, talk about what you gave away if you're a Bucks fan. But if you get that signature of Giannis, that's literally all you were trying to get out of this offseason, and you'll call it a huge success. For all information on what the Sacramento Kings do with Dante DiVincenzo, keep it here on Locked on Kings. And if you're interested to follow Bogdan Bogdanovich and hopefully the 2021 NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks, uh, make sure you tune in to Locked on Bucks. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Kane. Thanks so much. 
Good to catch up, man.